into this into this session father holy spirit just interpret this word so people understand what you want them to understand god father just do what you do father show them comfort correction conviction restoration and this discipleship father we thank you father that you have allowed us to freely without any type of restriction be able to open your word speak about your word in the way that needs to be done so that we can get your message the way you want to deliver it to us thank you holy spirit for you being a part of this message helping us guiding us lead us and direct us in your ways and in your word according to your translation and your interpretation into our hearts only way this can be done is by having that Holy Spirit talk to us. The lifeblood of Christianity, the beginning of the church, the supernatural movement of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I ask you for everyone who watches and listens to this message about to happen, for them to get what you want them to have out of it. And bless their homes, bless their lives, bless their jobs, bless their coming and going here there and fro near and fro bless them father bless their finances bless their homes bless their lives bless their health bless all of them the way you bless them and in their situations and how they're living their lives father for you to do what you do for them i thank you father i ask you to lead guide and direct me as i bring this message according to how you want me to bring it i have nothing you have it all I'm just the vessel. In Jesus' mighty name, Good day, everybody. Good day, good day, good day. Hope everyone's having a great day in Jesus by way of the Holy Spirit. Whether we're catching you right now when you're waking up in the morning, getting ready for, for whatever kind of day you have, whether it's errands, activities, or, or uh, work, and you're getting breakfast, you're getting coffee, you're waking up, getting cleaned up, getting ready for a day that's going to be just packed of all kinds of stuff. Or we're catching you halfway through your day when you're dealt with some stuff, you've been through some trials and tribulations, overall going through that midday minute and seeing God do some wonderful stuff with you. Or you're ending your day and you 
you've dealt with stuff, you have a dinner, spend time with the family, whether it's loved ones, friends, roommates, spouses, whatever it may be, and you're wanting something that's going to inspire you, that's going to bring the Holy Spirit into the presence of what you're trying to do, whatever, whenever, however we're getting you right now, you're now tuned into the Blue Book, hosted by Pentecost Ministries, C-Rep Ministries, and presented to you by that, and hosted by your boy Blue. Well, guys, it's been a long time. Been dealing with stuff. Um, obviously, it's been uh, far too long. Far too long. Um, we have a great message today. I'm not. I'm not even ready on my my word. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, anyhow. Hope you're having a wonderful day, wonderful afternoon, wonderful evening, no matter where in the world you're tuning into the Blue Book. Um, it's just one of those types where we're just coming back from a long time away. Everyone needs a sabbatical at some time. Um, things going on in your life, whether it's personal, professional, uh, family, uh, work. Uh, we're going. Through, we just got through a long pandemic. There's a lot going on, and sometimes you need to step away. Look at what's going on and reassess yourself, reassess your life, reassess your situation, whatever it may be. Um, these are the things that are important to do. Um, and for lack of a better term, you know, this is something that's been going on. Um, but the main thing is, main thing is, is that we are here. Okay, we're here. Wherever you may be, you're there. You're alive, you're breathing, air you. Wake up thankful, go to bed grateful. Victory throughout the day. Those things you cannot substitute, you cannot be inconsistent with. Um, and we're all guilty of that. That's nothing that we're not guilty of. And if you see right now, the title of the of our broadcast right now, I'm a month off, supposed to be 6621. That's wrong. Uh, 5621 is obviously wrong. We're not in May, we're in June. So that's something I want to point out. And two, you hear a buzzing in the background on the microphone. That is actually a fan going on to my right-hand side or to your left on this side, which is your probably your left is my right-hand side. Um, the little fan going on, it's just too hot. I need air. So, I mean, God knows. In order for me to project his word, i got to be able to have some cooling in here. Um, anyhow, regardless of what it may be, we're here. I'm grateful that you tuned in wherever you may be. Um, today's message is just wonderful. It's a great message. And um, what I want you guys to do is to turn into your book Bibles, um, wherever it may be, um, wherever you, whether you have the Word, like this actual Word, or you're on a technology, which is iPad, laptop, whatever it may be, however it may be, tune in. Turn your books to John 14.6. Okay? John 14.6. Pretty maybe pretty popular. Once you get to it, you're gonna see where we're headed with this message. It is a very good message. It is one of the most powerful messages um, out there ever known. So if you're at John 14.6, um, we are going to dig into it. And this is how it goes. Few verses are cited as often as the scripture. Jesus is preparing his disciples with reassurance 
in advance of his arrest and death. That's in John 14, 1 through 4. These words are, are broadly encouraged believers to maintain faith in the face of hardship. So the scripture is trying to prepare you for whatever hardships we're going to face as believers, whatever hardships we're going to face as true Christians of the faith of Christ, this scripture is trying to get you to build that toughness in your faith that nothing can sway you, if that makes any sense. Nothing can sway you. Nothing can jog you. Nothing can, you know, take you from, from his, his presence. That's what this is really trying to hone in on. Okay. Confidence comes to Christians in part from knowledge that Jesus is preparing to take us to be with him. So our confidence is in believers partly, not just all of it, partly is to, is to have the knowledge that Jesus is going to take us with him. We can go back to the story of the of the thief on the cross when his life was completely triumphed through most of it all the way to the end and when he when the thief realizes Jesus is the Christ he is the Messiah he is God incarnate uh he asks Jesus if he could be with him and Jesus confirms it today will be in paradise because he had a repentant heart he realized in and there he's hanging right next to the thief a person of sinful uh, actions and life. But in that instance, he realized who Jesus was. So that gave him a repented heart. And that, my friend, is everything that we need. So confidence comes to Christians in part from knowledge Jesus is preparing to take us to be with him. Travel home is usually much less stressful than the out bound trip you get what i'm saying you understand that have you guys ever went on it went on a trip out of town no matter where it may be no matter if it's if it's a short trip or a long trip doesn't matter you took a trip and it seems like it takes forever to get there ever to get there but coming back home <laughs> quick real quick real quick why is that because the expectation is so much greater going there than you realize you're coming home your expectations are gone because now you're going back to where you where you came from so traveling home is usually much less stressful than the outward trip because you already know you've been there so going back ain't hard technically theoretically, since we're so much more familiar with the destination Romans 8, 18 and Hebrews 12, 2. We're so much more familiar with going back home than we are going to. We don't know what's ahead of us, but we know we go back, we know what's going on. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. You ever been on a trip out of town? You go, you're stressed, you want to get there, you're in a hurry, 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 you gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, but coming back, eh, whatever. Okay? In the prior verse, John 14, 5, Thomas asked a reasonable question. If we do not know where we're going, how can we say we know the way there? Okay? So Thomas asked, so 
Thomas asks a very good question. If we don't know where we're going, how can we say we know where we where we are there? Christ answers reinforces Christ answers reinforces the doctrine of salvation by grace, God's redemption at Christ's expense through faith, as well as denying there are many paths to God. Prior to the label Christians, prior to that, Acts 11, 26, faith in Christ was often referred to as the way, Acts 24, 14. So before there was Christians, the faith in Christ was often referred to as the way. I believe in the way. Okay. Now, not sure how many people actually embrace that, but according to scripture in, in, in Acts 11:26 and Acts 24:14, that's what it was because Christ hasn't made Christianity. Christianity came after Christ went to the right hand of the Father. That's why Pentecost is so important as the Holy Spirit falls. Now we have a Christianity because now Christianity is the belief in Jesus, believe in Christ. You can't, it was, Jesus came back. There's no, he, he returned. So when you are following Jesus, when he was walking the earth, when time stopped and he had 33 years on earth, when you followed him, you're following the way. Simple as that. Okay, that's the next 24, 14. Thomas question, John 14, 5. Thomas's question assumes the Noah pattern of human accomplishment. We determine an end goal and work accordingly. We, 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 deter, we determine the end and we work towards. Determine the end, work towards. Determine the end, work towards. That's how that, that's how that usually goes. But salvation cannot be accomplished by works. Salvation is not a works thing. Salvation is not going to help you as you work to it. Salvation is a is a faith. A salvation cannot be accomplished by works. It's in Titus 3.5. Our sinful natures make it impossible to have in a way that recancels us to God. Sinful natures. We're all born of a sinful nature. We all, we're in a sinful world. We're born with this, okay? We're born into it, I should say. We're born, we're born into it. Our sinful natures make it impossible to behave in a way that recounsels us to God. We cannot do enough. That's why Jesus is so important. We cannot do enough to get to him. Our, our, our works cannot do it. It's in Romans 3.20. Jesus did not tell the disciples they knew the destination. In fact, he said he could come to get them. He said he would come to get them in John 14, 3. But they know the way there. They know the way there. John 14, 3 through 4. This is true because this means that salvation is not a process. It is a person. It is through and only through the person of Christ. So he makes it known. You cannot work towards it. And believing in me, trusting in me, relying in me is the only way you're going to get in there. So how Jesus put it. I am who I am, and that's all that I am is what I say I am. I added that. Anyhow, it's important to understand that he made it very known that you follow me, you're going there to heaven. You don't follow me, I made a way for you. I didn't say do this or do that, do this. Follow the ten that, that God gave Moses. I'm going to tell you that in order to, instead of following ten, do two. Love thy neighbor, love thyself. I love the God, love the neighbor. Love the God, love the neighbor. Do do those two, all ten are figured. He shortened it up, made it easier for you. Okay? 
we cannot strive to earn heaven. We can only seek to follow Christ. That is how we are meant to know God. That's in John 14, 7. Jesus' knowledge, his teachings, his way of life, and the way he had the Holy Spirit flow through him, those are the things that we're supposed to understand, know, learn, and grasp in this run. Follow him. Pretty simple. That is how we are meant to know God. Only by following and seeking Christ. Paul memorably restates that salvation comes through a person in 2 Chronicles 4, 6. Rescue from sin comes through Jesus, not rituals or accomplishments or personal virtue. Rescue from sin comes through Jesus, not rituals, accomplishments, or personal virtue. All those rituals, accomplishments, personal virtue are all selfish things. They're what you accomplish, it's what you do. Okay? That's a personal thing. He wants you to come out of yourself and wants you to rely entirely on him. If you rely entirely on you, him, what's going to happen? You're going to not do for you. You're going to do for him, and he's going to bless you. And he's going to give you grace, which is uh, it. The disciples know how to arrive where Jesus is going because they know him. They know the way because the way is Jesus. So you don't need to know but by him. He knows how to get to heaven. He knows how to do these things. He knows the path to God because he's God incarnate. He's just a human version so we can relate. He came down to relate and going to go back up and give you something. You understand? You don't need to know. It's faith in Christ. That's all the knowledge you need. Eventually, men like Thomas will connect this declaration to Jesus' other teachings and fully realize the meaning of salvation by grace through faith. Okay, that's in John 3, 16, 10, 10, 11, 25 through 26, 12, 44 through 46, and Matthew 16, 15 through 17. It's a realization of Jesus' declaration. Sometimes it hits you later on. It doesn't hit you right then. But God's long-suffering. He'll let you reel in it for a little while. You understand? Okay. Each component of this statement is given a defined article. Both Greek and English refer to it as the way, the truth, and the life. Way, truth, life. There is no possibility of translation that this com- this com- uh, comment as Jesus being one way, a truth, or just life. He doubles down on the idea. In fact, by emphasizing that nobody comes to God except through Christ, Rarely does anyone object to the idea that those who believe in Christ will be saved, not be saved. Okay, so let's go over that again. Each component of this statement is given a definite definite article. Both Greek and English refer to the way, the truth, and the life. Okay? There is no possibility of translation translating this comment as Jesus being one way or a truth or just life. He doubles down on the idea, in fact, by emphasizing that nobody comes to the God except through Christ. Rarely does anyone object to the idea that who believes in Christ will be saved. Well, 
Rarely does anyone object to the idea that those who believe in Christ will be saved. Because of how Christ said that, because of how he says it, he's definite that no one's, rarely does anyone ever encounter it. See, what offends many is the suggestion that only those who believe in Christ find salvation. That's that's where the that's where the offense comes from, is when you say only Jesus is the only way, and he's the only way to get to heaven. Yet that is the clear teaching of the scriptures. It's in Acts 14, 12 and 1 Corinthians 2, 5 through 6. Is he is it. You believe in him, you're going to be fine. You don't believe in him, that's another story. Okay? This is the sixth of seven moments in John's gospel where Jesus invokes the I am terminology. This echoes God's self-indication to Moses in Exodus 3.14. The seventh and last I am statement will come later in this same disclosure, John 15.1. So what you must understand is he's definite. Now a lot of people, obviously, if you know anything about this world, the cultures of this world, and the way Jesus put it out. Now, there's a thing that I've learned over my years about this, and that is cultures are cultic. Okay? When you generalize a cult or a culture, like ethnic background, like where in the world you were born, countries, um, whether it's uh, political party or politics um, or any other thing or religious when you occultic it, culturize it you put it in a box that's this culture that's that culture that's that culture and we, we say okay well let's experience all the cultures let's experience everything why not, let's do it um, let's make it happen. Why is that? Because what happens is, is that we want to endure all cultures. Okay, I want to experience the Italian culture. I want to experience the African culture. I want to experience all these cultures. Why is that? Because you want to be able to know what it's like. You want to be able to know what people from different regions of the world are used to how they live how they work how they uh, survive their foods their uh, entertainment their designs their attire these are all occultic according to the region ethnic background ethnic background religion region and even music you have uh, you have the rock culture you have the urban culture, you have the classical culture, everyone has these groups we have put ourselves into according to music, life, and ethnic background even. Um, for instance, right now, we're in the month of June, and they have proclaimed this to be the Pride Month. That's a culture. The Pride's a culture because it's a, it's a, it's a group of people who are in a class that believe in what they believe in. Anyone outside of that don't belong. Anyone who doesn't 
agree with how they perceive life to be, whether it's godly or not. Some may say they have godly uh beliefs or whatever the case is that's between you and guy and none ain't gonna do that but what happens is is you get this singleization now christ wasn't a culture christ didn't develop a culture he was only doing what the father told him to do he only listened to the father and was blameless, shameless, and sinless. Okay? Went through whatever means of, of sin and hell to, to be spotless. To be able to be the sacrificial lamb to give us redemption. Christianity, real Christianity is not culture. Real Christianity is faith, belief, and spirit-filled walking. There's no, there's no culture to that. Now, myself and I... I grew up in the urban culture, urban way of life, survival techniques, music of, of our stories of survival and life and family and non-family and knowing what it is to run with the homeboys and knowing how it is to, to believe in what it is I was believing at that time. Um, but when you join or when you become a born-again believer, because you can be born twice, one of the womb, one of the spirit. It's not a culture. It's freedom. It's letting God take control of your life in a way that doesn't put you at a disadvantage. It puts you at an advantage. Because now you don't hold those burdens. What you do is you move forward in life, letting God control it and listening to the Holy Spirit that you have inside you and growing it. You see what I'm saying? So we go to our Bibles, and we go to John, let's see here, we go to John 14.6, okay, 14.6, I have the Amplified version of the Bible, so let's see what it says in the Amplified. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by or through me. In this next scripture, John 14.7 is just for all those religious folks out there who just think they know everything about the Lord and God and everything and Jesus and all that stuff. Okay, they, they know everything. They have a theological degree way beyond comprehension. Okay? If you know me, had learned to recognize me, you would also have known my, fa uh, my father. From now on, you know him and you see him. So that was the biggest problem back in those days when you just walked the earth is that the religious folk refused to accept him. He's a Jew. He was born of flesh and bone. This man cannot be the Savior. We're looking for a King of King, Lord of Lords, walking in looking all bougie and all bad and bougie. And what do we get? We get a humble grassroots carpenter who doesn't know how to really how to read or write, knows how to build. 
because he built the kingdom. But he can teach you about God's ways. And that why he is the greatest scholar to ever walk the earth because he knew how to get the message to you in ways that never contradict themselves but give you brain food to think about, analogies to ponder, um, miracles, signs and wonders, and so many things through the Holy Spirit is unbelievable. Problem is, is people do this or do this. Okay? Way. He is the way to heaven. His teachings are the truth. His salvation is life see I don't understand this part of it when people say I want nothing to do with God I want nothing to do with any of that and they they, they, they love to call Christianity religion and because there's so many denominations and so much division in Christianity because of whatever people have created in it um, it turns into a problem because people have a tendency of overcomplicating everything it don't matter what it is. You overcomplicate everything. You know, down to the smallest detail. I mean, we go down to the words in the Bible, just diff two different words and two different. Let's, for instance, let's try this, okay? So let's, let's, let's do this, okay? So I have, was it seven or six, six different translations of this, okay? Which is not the Amplified. So the Amplified version of the Bible, which is what I have right here, okay, I live at Amplified Live and I live at the Amplified Bible, says... Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except by, through me. Okay, so through is kind of an added word in there. Okay. So, let's see what it says here. So, in the NIV, New International Version, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay. So, in the ESV, English Center Version, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, and the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except through me okay so he there's a bunch of little added words in there kjv king james version jesus saith unto him i am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but die by me okay now the new america standard bible jesus said to him I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay, now the New Living Translation version. Again, these are small, subtle words. Now, if you look at the translation, it's going to sound the same, but they're different typed. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And now, no is capital. No one comes to the Father. Father capital, or should be except through me. So the no is capitalized. Now, same idea when it comes to the CSB, Christian Standard Bible. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And again, the no is capitalized. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, they all sound similar, and they have similarities, but there are different ways the words are typed. That is very interesting. Okay? Now, people say, well, what difference does that make? Do you not realize how many times wars, divisions, denominations, so forth, are derived through different versions of the Bible? Okay? There's too many people out there that divide 
due to these type of differences or you know different ways of thinking like modesty over acceptance uh, religious uh, symbols over salvation um, there's just so many different things you can line up every denomination of Christianity you want um, and there's several of them you can name all of them up and ask them simple questions and theoretically most of the time you're going to get the same answer we believe in Jesus we believe God's the father and the Holy Spirit is a comforter or our leader our, our leader and our advisor most will say that there are some who are more involved with the Holy Spirit which is very very crucial there's some who are more involved with the Word of God as a scholar not so much as a, a Holy Spirited reader there's some who are more into um, the workings of a church how the process goes worship tithe minister there is more that there there are those who break the word down in theological terminology and dig deep into the word which it is a very deep book as well um, but without the Holy Spirit the word is just the word this is just a book just a book unless the Holy Spirit's involved it's something that's can't you, you can't go two ways about it it's a, just a book unless the Holy Spirit is in it. That's why it's the Holy Bible. Regardless of what version you got, it's the Holy Bible. Okay? doesn't matter. The Holy has to be in there for the Bible to come alive. It's like gas into a car. You have to have gas in the car or the car is not going to move. Same concept. Okay? But if you have them all together, they're going to generally agree on the basics of Christianity with a lot of different differences it's just the way it works that way okay however if you get a bunch of different religions together okay and there's tons of them more than i can ever remember okay tons of different religions you put them all together theoretically more than half are going to believe that there is a higher power or a god over them okay that is theoretically can't be for sure because things have changed over the years with, with religions and cults and so forth okay however not one single religion known to man on this earth religion cult or or otherwise who have arisen Jesus or arisen God there's not one who has a God that's rose from the dead not one not single one Christianity, pure Christianity, the Jerusalem Christianity, Israel Christianity has the only risen God, only risen Savior. A lot of people consider will consider Christianity a scandal because we're definite. We're not could be, should be, would be. We are is. And we're the only faith that does that. Is. No gods before me. Love thy neighbor. No gods before me. Love thy neighbor. That's it. Make it very simple. The way. The truth. The life. Make sense? These are the things that make Christianity, the purest form of Christianity, so exclusive and so 
definite that you can't argue it. Now, yes, theoretically, we can argue all these ins and outs of, of religion, and you can argue religion because religion is rulic. Okay, religion brings rules to the table and so say you must do this, this, and this, and this, or you're not going to achieve this, this, and this, and this. Okay, religion is rules. Okay. That's why when Moses went to Mount Sinai and get the Ten Commandments, brought them down, it was to formulate a pattern. God wanted to formulate a pattern of, okay, you're doing these things wrong. This is what's getting you to hell. This is what's bringing you the, the hellish mentality. But it wasn't working because too many were going to hell. You can only slaughter so many animals because animals are blameless. They have no sin. So you slice the animal, shed the blood, and it covered those sins for that moment. It's not, not all inclusive. It's just exclusive to that moment. So there are a lot of animals dying because everyone had shed blood because they were just, it wasn't good. It just wasn't good. And God had to reassess it. Okay, I need to do something different here because these kids are wilding out and they're going to hell. And there's some that really love me, but because of that, I can't do anything about it. My rules, I set them, but I got to keep them. So what does he do? I'm going to become from this big God in this, this, the, the solar system, in the galaxy, I'm going to come down and relate to you because no matter how you cut it there's more poor than are rich and the poor love them some God the ones who struggle in slavery those who struggle in life in the and what they call the urban culture those ones they pray you know I actually go to a church of, major, of majority people of black my pastor's uh, a black man and I love him to pieces. He is he is he is who I answer to. He is my spiritual father. Um, and the Holy Spirit moves. It's a beautiful place to be. It's small and intimate. It's just a wonderful place to worship God. There's no there's no expectation. You go in and you enjoy yourself. People there are we 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 nicknamed it loving faith because people just love on each other. There's so much Holy Spirit movement. It's not a Holy Willow Church. It's not a Pentecostal church. It's just an assembly of God with the Holy Spirit present. The Holy Spirit is welcome constantly. It's just a beautiful place to be. There's no politics. There's no religion. There's just realism. This is how it is. This is what it is. So, shout out to my church. Much love to you, Living Faith Assembly. You are my home. You are my family's home. That is where we get our meat and potatoes for our spirit, our spirit, and our and our and our biblical knowledge from. Um, however, it's got to be understood how important it is to be lined up with the Word of God. Not reading this cover to cover. I'm talking about lining up as in reading it piece for piece, soaking in the Word, learning it ministered to you, and then moving forward. That's the important part of this, is moving forward, okay? Now, 
what you must understand about this is that it's definite. So Christ reassures his followers that faith in him is faith in God. You have faith in him, you have faith in God, period, in discussion. To know Christ is to know the way, the truth, and the life, John 14, 6, okay? The words, actions, and miracles of Jesus should give Christians confidence to trust that he will make good on his promises. He did it before, he's going to do it again, and he promised he's going to do it again. He brought the Holy Spirit down for you have comfort and be able to do his power. It's pretty simple. Among these, among those are his guarantee that he is preparing to come for us so we can be where he is. Jesus also predicts the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Again, like I said, he promised it. He delivered from 30 to 33. He made miracles happen. Lame walk, death here, blind see. And then he says, I have to go because he realized that the world is going to expand. Okay, more people are going to come. It's going to expand. He's one human being. He cannot be everywhere all the time at that time. He is one human being. So while he lived, he brought down the Holy Spirit that can be amongst everybody. Now everyone believing in Jesus can in inhabit with the Holy Spirit. Okay? He also predicts the indwelling Holy Spirit. This is only available to believers. You cannot get the Holy Spirit if you don't believe in Jesus. He's the only human being that encompassed the whole thing. And he says, I'm leaving. I'm going to bring the comforter. And he did not He did not disappoint. And his helper acts to guide, teach, and remind us. Guide, teach, remind. Guide, teach, remind. But the Holy Spirit does. Okay? Both for the script disciples and for the future Christians. These words are meant to be comforting during the hard times. Holy Spirit is meant there and meant to, to comfort you through the hard times. Does he ever? Since Christ knew in advance what would happen, we can be more confident to trust him. So he told us before it even went down, trust me, I got this. Trust me, I got this. He did. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Period. And like John 14, 7 says, if you knew me and knew God, if you knew God the way you say you know God, and you believe in God the way you say you believe in God, you would know me. Truth. That's not, that's not no, that's no nonsense. That's truth. Guys, the main thing is here is to inhabit Jesus. Inhabit him. Let him be a part of your life in a way no one else can or nothing else can. Okay? Point of it is, is this. Accept him and see what he'll do. I always tell people when they're questioning salvation, I always tell them, Let him prove it. Give him a shot. Let him prove it to you. Let See what he's going to do for you. He never disappoints. So, before we end this message on the Blue Book, it's much more than a prayer. However, the prayer is a start. 
If you don't have Jesus in your heart, I'm going to ask you to meanfully, sincerely, and truly want to change. Repeat this prayer. Okay? Father, I come to you now, God, asking forgiveness for my sins. Asking forgiveness for my trespasses. I believe Jesus is your son. And he came down and died for me to save me from my sins. So I ask him into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior that he lives inside me. I ask forgiveness for all the wrong I've done. And I ask your son Jesus to inhabit me. Lead me, guide me, and direct me in your ways and in your word. Thank you for my salvation. In Jesus' mighty name by way of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, if you said that prayer... And if you meant that prayer, I ask you to email us, bluebook at gmail.com. Let us know uh, you said the prayer. Um, maybe put a little testimony on there, kind of a little bit of what you're going through. And for sure, I will be getting back to you or someone within the ministry will get back to you. And uh, come again, bluebook at gmail.com. The B's are eights um, in the email address. Definitely do that. Just know that we love you with a godly love. We may not know you, but if you're a child of God, you said the prayer, you're a child of God, or if you're already a child of God, or you need uh, you needed to be re, uh, recommitted by that prayer, however the case, restoration for that matter, there's a godly love that we have for everyone that follows the Lord. And we ask you just to do your best. Do you need help? email us, hit up our social medias, on the Blue Book social medias, and so forth. We will get back to you. We will do our best. Okay? Remember, Jesus loves you. The Holy Spirit is there to help you. And God is for you. So, no one can truly be against you. Okay? Fear. Respect God. Follow Jesus. And let the Holy Spirit flow through you like a Russian river. Until next time. Until next time. And until next time. Pentecost. Because he paid it. Jesus.